Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the Sky of Oracles. Or Oracles. I already messed up the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is already off just from one main start. Yeah. Scout Oracles. Jeez, at least. It's, been, it's good to be shortened. In. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Noah. And I'm the other one, Conky. Yes. And on uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about episodes <laughs> 6 and 7 of Smallville. And then we're going to be doing a new segment. Um, and I'll briefly explain to it when we get to that, why we're doing this and stuff. But mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about uh, three comic books. Sonic the Hedgehog from 1993, the first comic series. The New Teen Titans, when uh, Wolfman and Perez restarted the book. And Amazing Spider-Man. Well, we're doing Amazing Fantasy 15, his first appearance, but then we'll jump into... Yeah, so basically his origin until... I'm not sure what point. It's basically the origin. They haven't really uh, messed with it until like Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. So that's uh, what we're gonna be talking about today. And you know, just quick little things. How was your week, Bucky? I seem somewhat busy, I guess. Like well, moving house. Yeah, moving so. house. D and D. No, it's good. Uh, we still have another session to go until a little mini uh, one-off campaign. It's done. Mm-hmm, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I also report into why on on Thursday was you know just. It's just things going on this week. Mm-hmm. Crazy week. Um, I haven't been doing much except for organizing stuff and work. Mm-hmm. Use. Yeah, trying to get motivated to do some writing. Oh. I haven't done jack in months. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. It's yeah. funny enough. Well, with small it actually kind of got me inspiration to get back to my Superman book. I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just gonna jump right into this with episode six called Hourglass. Right, that's what it's called, man. Yeah. yeah. So in this episode, Clark and Pete, for, so you know, have to do volunteer work for school. Because Lana's doing it too. Yeah, Lana. We don't even see Chloe volunteer anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not there. She's just an afterthought in that aspect of it. But yeah, Clark is volunteering at. A, at an elderly, elderly home because Alana's there. Yeah, probably. I mean, they never out, out, outright say it, but the fact that... Well, Pete insta- like Pete like says, yeah, I wonder why we volunteered you instead of at the pool with all the, you know, hot girls are at. Yeah. So it really seems hard to justify lifeguarding as a volunteer work, but... <laughs> you gotta protect the kids, man. Yeah. But you know, Clark being stalkerish, kind of, as we've been saying, <laughs> following Lana everywhere because that's just the way he does it. Yeah. But Clark gets assigned to this old woman called Cassandra. Her name, her name is Cassandra Carver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rumors around the elderly home is that she can see the future. Right. So. You know, I guess yeah. Um, do you touch or something? Yeah, she touches your hand and she can see the future. Mm-hmm. There's your artwork going around, so if you hear some after noises, that's what that is. Yeah, it's just buzzing, yeah. Getting the house prepared for moving. Yeah. Lifting the house up. <laughs> yeah, lifting the whole house up. <laughs> We're now in the sky. Yes. <laughs> like up. 
But, uh... But, yeah. yes. Apparently. So those tangents were kind of loopy today. But, yeah, I guess apparently, like, most powers in Smallville shows, like, uh, it's always affected by the meteorite, I guess. She... Yeah, we learned later in the episode that uh, she got her... She lost her sight and because of the meteor shower, because of the, a flash burn her... Retina, Which seems like when the more people have had this happen to them than just her. She's yeah. the only one. Yeah, it's like, that's it. That's something. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, that also gave her the her powers, I guess, at the same time. Yeah, so Clark gets assigned to this fortune, or not fortune, future-seeing woman, and mm -hmm. Lana gets assigned to this elderly man, you know, and she brings his own library books to read and stuff, and... We see her just kind of, you know, take care of him and walk him around. Which I think she immediately, like, just leaves him outside. Yeah, she walks him to a pond area where the little bridge and she leaves, oh, the elderly guy says he's cold or wants a scarf and Lana leaves. And he takes out a cigarette and starts smoking. Because that's, you know, good for you. Oh, he tries to anyway. He drops his lighter. Yeah, he drops his lighter into the, I think, does he drop it to the floor or to the pond? I he can't. drops it right on the dock. Yeah. And he gets to pick it up and then falls into so, the, the, the pond. The old guy, we learned his name is Harry, tries to grab the lighter. He falls into the pond and then, you know, electricity happens somehow. I don't so know. Uh, either, I thought, like, his wheelchair is electric or something. And, no, like, it's, it's, and then that's why. It's like, it's like, later it's like, wait, is that just, like, fish? Those eels or something? <laughs> eels in this pond. Like, why, why is it electrocuting him? Uh, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think there's no eels in that pond. Right, I'm not sure what this electricity is coming from. Yeah, somehow electricity, like, happens and there's meteor rocks in the pond and he becomes young again. And, uh, you know, as the episode goes on, we kind of learn that this Harry is not a good guy. Mm -hmm. In his teens, he was a killer. And I thought it was really odd about that at first. Was like, you're young now, and now the first thing you think about is revenge. Yes, revenge. Like I, I could have seen him being like, I'm young now. I'm gonna do what I wanted to do when I was younger. Oh, again. Yeah. And then when he gets old again, then I'd be like, now he's pissed. Yes. Now he wants to kill people. But instead, he just first thing he does, he wants to kill. Yes. Like, oh, he learned like he killed when he was younger because. He wanted to be a pianist, but mm -hmm. he was denied, and so he went on like a killing spree. Yeah, or well, not even at, at least one, one I person. I don't, I don't know if it was, it was yeah. a spree, but you know, one person, and he got arrested and locked up. I think till he was like old, and then he went to a retirement home. He's like, oh, so you think they would have been like, okay, whatever, that's behind me. I'm yeah, young this, again. This old guy can't. The, but the first thing he thinks of is, <laughs> yeah, revenge again. And so he starts going uh, after the descendants of the jury that convicted him. Apparently they're guilty. First, <laughs> yes. Well, he said, he gives the quote, you know, the sins of the father and you know mother, grandmothers, and all that stuff mm -hmm. fall upon the descendants and stuff. So he he goes after uh, a couple of descendants. He kills one of the piano lawyer. Yeah, just like his mo, I guess. Yeah, the car dealership guy. He kills that dude. I forget which one he was. I think he was. He was the guy watching the football game. I mean, what, uh, who he was, and yeah, I thought he was... Oh, for, they gave him a name, but I, I thought he was more special than the other one for some reason. No. Because he was, like, the son of a certain person. Well, it's because he wasn't hot. He wasn't attractive, punk. We didn't focus on him. Well, usually the, the guys die in most shows like this. <laughs> True. 
But then we, you know, then we follow a waitress from the, the right. cafe. From she, it almost seemed like he actually saw her first. But well, yeah, he saw her first in the cafe because that's how you know they meet. Oh, here we. But he goes at the other guy first. And meets uh, Clark and Lana, Chloe, because they talk in the cafe, and Chloe's kind of a dick to him. <laughs> like he talks in like olden speak. Yeah. Like back in like the forties, kind of speak, and then Chloe's kind of a bitch to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I mean, wasn't Lana there too? Yeah, Lana was there. All three of them were there. Yeah. Pete's only in this episode, like, in the beginning and, like, towards yeah, the end. Yeah, apparently he just, yeah. Pete has, like, no, like... Yeah, he, he, like, is told that he left his keys in his car, and then he, uh, and he leaves, and then yeah. that, that's, that's, that's the last you see, see of him. <laughs> that's it, I think. Just jumping around all over the place. Wait, I just wanted to say why. But, yeah, uh, Cassandra tells Pete, which I don't know how necessary she knew that, because... She didn't touch. Touch him, but just weird, but hey whatever. Actually, just could tell that he left his keys, I guess. Wow. Well, I guess hearing, but... Uh, she dared up, apparently. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, Harry's just kind of going around, going on killing spree. You know, he kind of focuses on a waitress, or we kind of focus on in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then on the Cassandra and Clark side, Clark kind of wants to know his future, you know. Yeah, she tells him that someone close to him is going to, is going to die. Yeah, which I, I'll get to that because that's a little weird. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she tells him someone's going to die and he gets paranoid so he starts checking up on everybody. Yeah, like immediately goes home and like they're using a saw. Like his mom and dad are, are sawing something or something. Yeah, I think they're like sawing a piece of wood and he's like, guys, this is so dangerous. This is why I'm here. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. I've been doing this all my life, son. Back <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do, Clark. I tell you what to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he tells Alex to drive slower. Which he probably should have done. It's like already. a madman driving that car. Yeah. Which you, you only see, like, when he mentions it like that. Yeah, so, like, speeding tickets and... Speeding tickets in your future, Lex. Yeah. So. Let me show you pay him off. Funny how he only focuses on his parents and Lex, but not like Pete or Lana or Chloe. Yeah, the ones that he actually talks to a lot. Yeah. So, well, his parents make sense, but. Well, his parents and Lex to an extent. Well, like, you think right? that Lana would be a focus, yeah? Yeah. Guess they don't put themselves in danger. You know, the card just puts them in danger somehow. Yeah, but, <laughs> somehow. Clark goes back to visit Cassandra and she touches his hand and he sees a vision of him like outliving everybody on Earth. Yeah, being one to like a sea of gravestones. Mm-hmm. This is, they actually do kind of in Superman and like other mediums they actually do talk about this, mm-hmm. like how he has such a prolonged lifespan, like he ages slower than everybody else. Yeah, he's a, he's a Saiyan. He comes from Planet Vegeta. Yeah. Well, Goku basically has his origin, so hey, there you go. That's why people make those parallels between them. Yeah. So, um, like, Lois and Clark dealt with this issue on the New Adventures of Superman show. Um, uh, they dealt this. They dealt with it more on Lois's end, more than you know, kind of everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Which you say, yeah, that's actually a pretty good episode. So, and uh, 
I think the comics have touched on it here and there. Give us all around. Yeah. Um. So and then Clark gets all freaked out because he doesn't want to be alone, so he runs away. Um. Yeah. So Cassandra, she's all upset about it. And I thought it was. No, it, was, it wasn't the first time, was it? No, it was the second time. Yeah. Second time, like then he goes back to see her, mm-hmm. and then he sees other people. And he has to help, which I have another kind of bone contention with that. Yeah. No, that's the second time. Well, he does it twice. Well, he does it like four times. He doesn't touch her four times. He does it twice. We only get two visions, the graveyard and the helping people. Uh, and then we see Lex's vision, and that's what ends up killing her. Yeah, he just talks to her a lot of times. Yeah, he just talks to her. He, he, did, did, he didn't see a vision a lot of times. Yeah, it's just two visions, but anyway. But the second vision I have kind of a problem with, we see the, all these people that we never see in the show, except for the waitress lady in this episode. Oh. Like the girl in the window? So, so he, see he sees the gravestones and he creeps out and then he sees the the people he used to save? Oh, he's, the first vision is the gravestones and then later on in the episode where he kind of like accepts. Oh, because he he didn't see the vision the first time. No, he didn't see, yeah, he saw the gravestone vision and then she gets spooked. Yes, yeah, she tells me that some of the going to die but he didn't see that vision. No. She just tells him that. Yeah, so if I was like, there's three, but, just how you, but the first one doesn't see. Yeah, like how, how you know that, I don't really know. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. There's some plot holes. Say <laughs> so decided to change it part way or something. Yeah, I, 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 this is a good episode, but I think there's just some major plot holes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It needs to be rewritten. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Um... Yeah. You know, like Clark, he's not doubting himself, but he's like, you know, is my future predetermined or do I make my own fate? That's something to do with, like, uh, he didn't know, like, uh, when they, like, how they die or whatever, you can do the, about it and whatever. Yeah. Um. But he does call it. Yes, he tells himself about Cassandra. He tells Lex about Cassandra, and Lex gets intrigued. Yeah, I mean, at first he's just like, "Oh yeah, I make my own destiny," kind of thing, which kind of is a. That's a that, when you said that, you know, it was really corny line the way he delivered it. <laughs> anyway, so Lex kind of gets interested. They have him and Cassandra have a talk at first, but you know, Lex he's doesn't like, yeah. want to touch her hand because he's like, "Hey, he's afraid or whatever." Yeah, he didn't. But then, uh, you know. Clark stops Henry. Right? Pretty much. I mean, uh, I think he just. Henry yeah, well, doesn't have any powers. So yeah, he's he pretty easy to over- it's yeah, pretty easy to overpower him, and Kryptonite wasn't even in play either. No, no. Because really. it was pretty easy for him to stop him. <laughs> yeah, so Clark stops Henry after he goes after him. Well, he goes after Jonathan, but he finds Martha at home. I guess that in a way, Clark didn't stop him at all. It was just it was Martha that stopped it. Henry. Yes, Martha's the true hero. Which I thought was actually really fu- like odd. Like she barely survives getting all that seed dropped on her, or whatever. Yeah. And then in what Henry they just died. Yes, he died. They, they didn't even touch on it. Like oh, he's just you know you don't see him he's again. Suffocated because it all fell on him. They didn't even, even bother to to try to save him. No, Martha's too. Martha's way more important. <laughs> it's like okay, you're you're a great superhero. Yes. Like, no one gives a shit about her. It is left the other person that like it just die a lot of the time. Yes. 
Or just whatever. <laughs> it's a lot in Smallville. The villain just dies. Oh, dies or you just they don't care what happened to him? No. Something happened. But yeah, Henry goes after Jonathan, but Martha's home alone, so Henry tries to kill Martha, but they end up in a seed. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, container. it's a silo. Yeah, there we go. That's the name. Yeah, the name. And then Martha like pulls the lever, and a bunch of seed comes down, and they very quickly. And that was really fast. Like it was coming down, kind of like. Did you just see the CGI effect it had, where she was on the ground, but then the CGI seed just falling on her? Yeah. That's pretty funny. But yeah, you know, Jonathan and Clark get there on time to. Give her CPR and oh. rescue her. I think I thought was actually really interesting when Clark went to like confront Henry when he was older. Oh, at, that's probably my favorite scene of the episode. Is that he just like whatever you know? I know it's you, and then the nurse like you know doesn't don't, don't, don't leave or whatever because it's like you know you know you should leave because you're like harassing or whatever. Yeah, it's the same nurse that for the. It's the same nurse in all the the whole episode. So it's like, well, hey, later. I mean, not very quick. Skip on to the part after with where Lex goes to the to, to the to the older lady again. Yeah, that's at the end of the episode. He um, sees Cassandra and she gives him a vision, or she sees a vision. But I, the, going back to that Clark and Henry scene in the yeah, I'll, just, home, I'll touch on that one. I'll say later. Yeah, uh, that felt very Batman esque. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very Batman kind of scene, which I kind of dug. You know, you don't really see Clark guys, like, intimidating all that much. <laughs> and so, I uh, also kind of point out that, like, Henry didn't, like, know that Clark was part of the Kemp family. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of true. They don't really touch on this hat, like, at all. But that was just, like, interesting. Like, maybe people don't know that Clark's adopted. Or, like, a part of the family. He's like, yeah. I don't see you on the family tree. Because Henry is, like, studies in Smallville's history and families and all that. Which I thought was a little interesting. Like they kind of, they kind of touch a part uh, part of this uh, later. Like you know, Clark's adoption wasn't like always well known. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like towards the end of the episode, Lex goes and sees Cassandra. He's willing to have a, a vision. So she sees like. Well, Lex doesn't see it, but Cassandra does, you know, she holds out her hand and Lex takes her hand and we see the vision of Lex in the White House in a white suit with a glove on his left hand, I think. And, and he's got a field of sunflowers, I think. Yeah, and then he walks out and he's in the field of sunflowers and he touches the sunflowers, but then they turn into bones. Yeah, they turn into bones. Bones of dead bodies everywhere and it starts raining blood. Yeah, and he likes it. <laughs> he likes the blood. He likes it. <laughs> Give me more. I think he was, he was smiling or something like that when that was happening. Yeah, it kind of looked like that. Yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I guess immediately after, she sees the vision, she dies. Yeah, and uh, either from the vision or just coincidentally at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of ambiguous, like if. Just old age caught up to her, which was, or the vision. I think it's pretty much perceived like the vision killed her. Or something, yeah. Like it was such a powerful vision, like all this depth and mayhem. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna cause, like, just over. Better seeing these visions that she does take something from her. Yeah. In some capacity. Yeah, it's just like it's too much for her to handle and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. So then, yeah, her first thing she did to Clark comes 
full circle, I guess, is what yeah, <laughs> trying to close say. To you, but they weren't close. They weren't even friends. Like you mean like spatial, like spatially close, like in proximity to you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you weren't close to Clark at all. <laughs> you, you were just saying you're close. You were just an acquaintance. Like I don't know. I thought it was a decent episode. Also, the fact that Clark just shows up again right, right when, she's, when she dies. Yeah, that's the perfect timing. Doesn't he, see Lex. He, Lex dips out and then he yeah. calls for help and then he leaves. He goes, like, he always, Keep going, Lex. It seems like Clark always shows up when he, he, he has to. He's the hero of the story. He has Which to brings me back to the point with the nurse. It's the same nurse for her. Yeah, she's like. And oh. then she's like nice to him when she just. Like, well, she was nice to him in Henry's room. She just told him to leave. She wasn't like mean about she was it. She was kind of upset. Seemed like she was upset. She's doing her job, Clocky. It's probably very stressful. It yeah. seemed like she like was being like she's like young man like and like like she was like she knew that he was there with her even though she was never in the room. Like Sorry. like you know like oh yeah she, she's gone like what you wouldn't say the guy that was just here <laughs> that 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 thought she was you know dead or dying you know you tell mm-hmm. this guy that the the boy that walks in afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So she's saying that you have a problem with this nurse's job. I'm not saying that it just seemed like she was reacting weird. <laughs> yes. Did you like the episode? That was good, yeah. It's kind of like a big foreshadowing, I guess, of the things that come in the series, in a way. Life of Lex, for sure. Yeah, that was probably the biggest like, and, foreshadowing uh, thing. Other things, mostly just in-episode things that were happening, like... Or, like, telling Clark he has to save people more than he already was, I guess. Well, she tells him, like, that's your purpose, like, to help people. Yeah. So, so that yeah. gives him a little bit more push. Motivation, yeah. That takes, like, nine years to get to. <laughs> <laughs> so. Alright, next episode is called, is episode seven, called Craving. Yeah. <laughs> what you said right away, you thought. Okay, okay. Me and Conky were talking, just texted a little bit about this episode. In the very beginning of the episode, we see Julie, or Jody, not Julie, whatever. Hey, I think it's Jody. Yeah. Jody, uh, played by Amy Adams. Did you recognize her? Not for sure right away. I think she was wearing some sort of either CGI effect or she was wearing a body, body suit. Body suit. Because there's no, there's no way you could be skinny after being fat. You have to be skinny and then put on the fat suit. Yeah, I think it was there's no way they can do it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be that. Well, you know, Amy Adams is Lois Lane from the movies. Yeah, Man of Steel. With oh, that Lois Lane. I never saw the movie. Oh, what are you doing? Now? I guess the name, but I never saw the movie. Uh, so yeah, Amy Adams is in this episode. <laughs> she plays uh, Jody Melville, which is not one of those characters that just shows up when they're relevant in a story, I guess. Yeah, that's all of TV. It's like, it oh, we're friends with you. It's like, when? <laughs> when was she around? Just... The whole time, okay? She no. Was the whole time. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> <laughs> she just poof. <laughs> she just, just magically that. She shows up and leaves as soon as she does. Yes. So, I was thinking talking, like, Jolie tells her dad, like, oh, you know, people think I'm a cow and stuff. And she's picking, like, plants and stuff for meteorite milkshake or whatever and then the, the dad doesn't say anything he doesn't reassure her he doesn't and he says something but no, he doesn't say anything he, she just says oh i'm a cow and you know people know it and stuff and then she just leaves and then he doesn't say anything to her he just like looks like 
disjointed by it. Yeah, which I mentioned that it's probably out of context. Yeah, I, I just thought that was like probably says it like a lot, and not had a thing that someone like that would say just once. Yeah, so. So it's kind of like, oh, what am I supposed to say? You say that's like every day. Yeah. So this part, this plot of this episode is Jody is, you know, a big, hefty, hefty girl, and she wants to get skinny for Lana's birthday party. Or it's more for herself. It just happens to be around the same time as her birthday. True. But anyway, so she's making milkshakes that are made of meteor rocks and. While we progress to the episode, she starts getting effects, and she starts to lose weight rapidly, but she can't hold the weight. So. Which I feel like she should have just stopped at the first one, because it seemed like that she was fine then. She probably would have been fine, and then she probably, and then she's just like, I need more, I need more. Yeah, either had some sort of, like, like the, the lowest in the vegetables made her want it more, probably, or she just wanted it to want to be even skinnier. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, but she's losing way too fast and she can't like hold it. So she's like eating everything in the house. <laughs> yeah, she eats like all the food and junk food and stuff, but that doesn't like like probably stems it like for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, but she needs body fat to sustain her hunger. This is probably the Pete, the most Pete centric episode out of the whole series so far. Yeah, I mean Pete, Pete's. Kind of, I don't know if he's being shallow or if he's being, I don't know, because you you don't see anything with the character before. It'd be like, oh yeah, Pete likes her still, you know, she's fat. So it's like, as soon as she's not fat, he's like, like, oh yeah, and he's like, and he's like awestricken or whatever. He can't even like react. So like Clark gets to talk for him when she asked him out had to go to her, with to Lana's party. Yeah, he's like, just like, uh, oh, she's so beautiful. It's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't like this episode all that much. Hmm. So, yeah, she goes, she, like, she goes crazy with hunger. She kills, a, she runs over a deer and she eats the deer. Right. That's how Chloe kind of gets on the case a little bit. and Which I'll mention later how much of a leap in, like, logic that whole thing was later. Why? Why was it such a leap of logic? Well, later when she comes to Clark, it's like, hey, there's this deer. Uh, turns out it was hit by Jody. Well, she didn't know it was Jody yet the first time. She found out about it later. I'm saying, because, like, okay, so later she, she's like, okay, she, she, she hits the deer. deer. Yeah. So, I mean, she ate the deer. Yeah. Which means, oh, the meteorite landed near their, 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 their house. Yeah. The, and then Clark's like, oh, the, the plants. The plants are infected. She she drank the, the smoothie. But now she her her metabolism is too fast. That's why she needs fat. She, she's the one. So you think they just they, they had a little bit of leaping in and logic within like ten seconds. They figured out that it's so her. You, think, you have a problem because they figured it out so fast. But it's not like that. Like Chloe figured it out and she went and told him. Like mm. she, Chloe comes and tells Clark that she hit the deer. And then it, from there, he's like, oh, the, the plants. It's like, how do you know about the plants? Because like, <laughs> they're friends. They study together, and she, and he knows that Jody gardens. But I mean, it's like, well, you don't know any of this beforehand. Well, you learn it that they're friends in the episode. Sure they are. Oh, yeah, okay. It's just kind of when you look at it from that 
much that you see in the episode. It's just kind of like you, you you assume that he's figuring this out as he's saying it mm-hmm. because you don't know that he knew this beforehand. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Clark goes to Jody's farm, not farmhouse, but garden house, and Pete's there. He's about to be eaten, and him and Jody have a I, think, I guess, I guess well, luckily they didn't leave yet. They, they just. Oh no, because she started to get cravings and she was going to eat Pete. Right, because I don't know what Clark would have done if they actually would have left and gone somewhere else. Pete would be dead. Yeah, probably. No more Pete. Adios, Pete. Which I hate. That's weird too because she told him to leave, and of course he didn't leave. Yeah. But Pete is like, I'm not gonna. Because he cares about her. Apparently. <laughs> Pete's a nice guy, man. Why are you, why are you ragging out Pete for? Because I uh, stood up for her, I guess, when she was fat before, and like the one guy that you didn't see before either, this Dustin guy, nice. was picking on her or whatever. This is a forty like five minute. Uh, show cocky. We, we don't have twenty hours. I'm saying some shows have, have have lead up to to characters before they become bad, but the show we never see these characters after this episode. The show just brings characters in and then gets rid of them as fast as they appear. We don't see Jody again. We don't see Dustin. We don't see any of them. You don't see the supposed friend of Lana in the other episode again, like the shapeshifter one. Tina. Tina. She comes back. They're saying like they show up That's a when they're relevant, when they're relevant, and then they get rid of them. Yeah, because this is a freak of the week show. We don't have storylines. I was just saying that that's that's how it is though. Yeah. Like you don't get any lead up to the characters, so you don't know who they are until they show up. Well, we learned that Jody is wants to be skinny and Dustin's a dick. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> and Pete throws a basketball in Dustin's head. And gets away with it without getting beat up, apparently. <laughs> that was actually a pretty good comeback that they had in the play. Yeah. The, oh, he said that... Because he, he said that she would should be thick-skinned because she's fat. Yeah. So then, cool. yeah, Chloe says that he should have a, a thick head because he's an idiot or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, you know... Apparently, like that, that, that's if, if you say that, then that should be that for you. Apparently, yeah. Well, yeah, she actually, she tries to, uh, um, Jody tries to drain the fat out of Dustin. Oh, yeah, they try to. Oh, that's my phone going on. It, uh, either as revenge or just because he just happened to, to be there. Yeah, that's fine. One of the two. Because it just uh, happened to be that she's like starving at that moment, I think. Yeah, she wants revenge on Dustin because he made fun of her and they almost have sex. And then, but then she drains like almost all the fat from his body and it looks like a mummy when mm-hmm. Clark finds him. Yeah, which seems like kind of lucky for him. And right, he was talking to Lana on the bleachers and they walked out. He's going to class and he, he heard noise. Right, I mean, it's lucky, it's lucky for Dustin that he didn't get just instantly drained. I don't know, because Clark was there. Yeah. He didn't make a time. I don't know how he hurt, because he doesn't have super healing yet. Yeah. I feel like I was saying, like, well... That doesn't come until, like, season three. Spoilers again. Um, because you don't really know how fast it takes. Because mm-hmm. when you she ate the deer, it's just kind of like... Well, it takes probably like a couple minutes. Yeah. And uh, it didn't even really say that she hurt him. Mm-hmm. She just kind of left before he got there. Yeah, so. Would you think that it was possible he might walk in on her doing it? 
but she hears him, I guess, and leaves. Yeah. But anyway, Clark stops Jody. And yeah, she. She's in the greenhouse with him, and she, he goes in there to stop her, and he, she hits him with a shovel like, a, a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's weak, and there's meteor rocks in there. And then she pretty much takes herself out, because she, like, tries to blow up. Yeah, she tries to blow up the greenhouse, but then she backfires and knocks her out, and then, you know. Clark takes her out of the greenhouse before it explodes. Yeah, he saved the day. And then, you know, there are no questions anything. <laughs> no. So the second part of this episode is it's Lana's birthday, and, you know, Clark... When he gets taken away by yeah, he goes, tryouts, yeah, because he got the slot open, so he went to try out for it again in some other he town. He does not give a shit about Lana's birthday. Well, he does it while he asks, and she says to go, yeah, go, because she doesn't care that much about it. She doesn't want to make him not go. For Lana that. doesn't like birthdays because I'm guessing either because her parents aren't around it yeah, afterwards, or yeah. because of she said. Uh, she, she mentioned that really good birthday that she had when they went to the movie theater. Yeah, because she watched Pumpkin Party cartoons and she got to sit in the front seat. Yeah. She like, felt safe. And then, I don't know, she mentioned again why she didn't like it, though. Other than, the, you know... It's just like the parents were, like, a big thing. Yeah. And now going crazy with planning and stuff. Yeah. Maybe she's just... She said before in the episode that she'd just rather just have, like, hang out with her friends and have a pizza or something like that. Yeah. I guess I mean, that's part she doesn't like him because her aunt makes too much of a big deal about it. Yeah, that's like another reason. And they have a party at Lux's mansion. And Which is kind of interesting. Like, do the, the Langs, like, know, like, Luthers? Like, yeah, what? there's like a history there. They talked about that earlier. Yes. Yeah, I and remember. I, I, I know that Lex would probably do that for Lana just for Clark to take her to the party. Right, that's the reason. Because he mentioned that later. Like, he tries to act like he wasn't doing that because she brings it up. Oh, that Lex was the reason why Whitney missed. Yeah, it's like... It's like yeah, it's left ambiguous, but... Yeah, you because know. she says something like, oh, I wouldn't even be like, oh, I know. Because your mom told me. Or your aunt told me. Or, or, whatever. Like, whatever he says. He either said aunt or, or Mrs. Or whatever. Yeah, he says aunt. I mean, your aunt told me. It's yeah. an important plot point. It's yeah, me. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so there's, no, a, it's the, the, there's a there's a point when it's pretty much just whatever, but uh, yeah, he says that about oh. knowing it because she told him whatever. Oh yeah, then Lana gets all disappointed because Clark misses the party because he has to stop Jody. Yeah, just people just can't not be in danger when he tries to do stuff with with Lana. Yes, my life. I'm saving lives, Lana. It's more important than birthday. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The first time that he this year was, you know, Chloe was in danger in the other episode. Oh, yeah. She even went into that, like, where she told him, like, oh, you better not, you know, uh, promise not to leave again or whatever she says. Or not not show up. That's what she said. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I guess there's that one part where he, uh, like, kind of showed off his super strength on accident to Lana because she showed up at their house. No, he's yeah, carrying he's, like all the apples or something. Yeah, he's talking about like put a post in the ground, but like using his super strength. But he's, he tells me that he did it with a sledgehammer. Yeah, could go in there, Nick and Boo Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Not used to have people around, I guess, on the farm. No, 
So anyway, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna be alone for her birthday, and it gets her, her uh, you know, a projector and a you know, Bugs Bunny for a Yeah, either gets the projector or just takes two one. I don't really sure. Well, he gets one. He does it at the farm. Because I couldn't really tell where they were. They were at the farm, and they used the barn as a screen. Yeah, which I wasn't. Yeah, either yeah. rented it or Lex bought it. Because said that Lex hooked him up. I so either so. Lex bought it or set it up for him. I'm not sure. Lex does everything. Lex is the best. <laughs> Lex for president. So anyway, um, and then the really cheesy teen pop song plays in the background. Yeah, which when my brother was heard it and he thought that like out of context that they were like you know Lana and we were like together. I was like, no, he has a boyfriend. He's like, is she cheating on him? Cheating on her boyfriend? He's like, no. <laughs> but the song doesn't make that that. that you know distinction yeah <laughs> yeah very true yeah it's just use whatever we do get introduced to Emil Hamilton in this episode you know he's a um sort of meteorologist yeah. he's actually from the comics Maybe more literal than <laughs> than you would think yeah meteorologist <laughs> so because you know that's not you know one the same no it's more about weather but then he studies meteors Yes. <laughs> so uh, Lex gets interested in the rocks because of you know health test day has, and he wants to know more about the effects. Yeah, he's told he has a higher white cell count or whatever. Yeah, this is like they're starting to plant the seeds of what Lex is going to get down. Yeah, they, he he tells Clark that he you know lost his hair from the meteor, right? So, oh, yeah, he tells so then he does the same thing he did with Lana. He's like, oh, it, you know. Sorry, he's like, you know, Clark thinks, it's, thinks it's, it's his fault because you know he's the meteor, so he thinks that his him losing his hair was his fault, like Lana losing her parents was his fault. It's all Clark's fault. So then, yeah, he's apologizing, like it's not your fault, like like some like Lana said the same thing, no, mm-hmm. it's not your fault. It's like this friend the same line. <laughs> Both Lex and Lana find out about the wall of weird. Yeah, I thought that was in the last episode, but I'm not sure. Was that in the Harry episode? Yeah, Lana finds out. And the, it seemed like it was like I, I it was around the same time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah they put together. Whatever. They now know about the Wall of Weird. Yeah. These two episodes. Mm-hmm. Which Lex think, thinks more of it than Lana does. Did you see the computers they were using? Like those really old school ones from back when we were in elementary school. Yeah, I think that's so. Yeah. Uh, that took me back on the whole. I remember using those computers. Yeah. Playing games. Yeah, just games. <laughs> just games, no schoolwork. Just games. <laughs> oh, was there anything else? Um, no, but the just the, and then Emil Hamilton, you know, Lex brings him on the payroll to study the meteors and their effects. And yeah, I know he talks to them, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, he gives him a check and says, "Yeah, this is for your funding. You know, you work for me now." Yeah. So, and that's pretty much the end of these two episodes. Did you like Cravings? Did you enjoy this episode? It was fine. I mean, the powers don't make any sense again. Like, all of a sudden, her mouth can turn into a cartoon and open up, like, a foot. Yes, it's a suction cup. I, th- I thought that she was eating, not sucking with that big of a mouth, because I, I don't think the size of the mouth would make any difference in how much you can suck fat out. Because you know, usually a big mouth means you you you're chewing, not <laughs> sucking. <laughs> but 
but whatever. That was very funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was just, uh, just the way you said that line was pretty funny. <laughs> okay. uh, but, yeah, yeah the powers are again are kind of odd again. At least I guess some she has her own powers now, like the other one, but they're temporary with and with uh, Harrier. Um, eh, it was okay. It was she okay. had no motivations to hurt anyone, unlike Harry did. Yeah, she was just a victim and, uh, of victim her of own her, demise, her own cravings. Yes. Um, shouldn't have cravings in life. They lead you down a dark road. Which they never really, really mentioned what happened to her, her mother, the Jody's mother. It's like, oh, she's not there. You don't see her. She left. She either left her dad I think the, or like she the, died. They, assume, like, they kind of imply that she died. Because that's usually how it is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was okay. Not great. Not terrible. I'm sure you're going to love the next episode. <laughs> Jitters. Ugh. Someone drank a coffee that had meteorites right in it. And then they got really... And then they went to start... To, Star City, and they, 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 they had a flash copy. I knew you, I knew you were going to have a reference with it. I was just waiting for it. Yeah, yes. the name Jitters. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, that's kind of it for Smallville. That's all I have to say about yeah. it. So, next time we'll be talking about episodes 8 and 9, Jitters and Rogue. Eh, they're okay episodes. Hmm. So, I'll see. Yes. Um, Alright. We talk about Oop. the comics now, right? Oops. Yep, now we're going to move right into the comic books. So, which one are we starting with? We're going to start with Sonic the Hedgehog, issue number one. Of the 1993 series, like I mentioned before. Yep, this was published in 1993, and it came out in July of 1993. So this is the first ever Sonic comic that they ever made, right? They made, I think they made a video game adaptation in '91, but this is the first ongoing, like own stories and. Like I know the Sonic games were out before the comic came out. Oh yeah. But uh, I think they didn't have a comic until now, right? Yeah, I think this is a bit like with Sonic Two. I don't, I don't think so. they mentioned in the comic book somewhere that about Sonic Two, so I think it's around Sonic Two time. Yeah, probably. But yeah, to start the comic out with Robotnik reveling and choking the life out of Sonic, I guess. Yeah, the first panel is. It's what it looks like anyway. Yeah, he has a guillotine rope on Sonic, but we find out that it's a. Puppet. It's a pinata, actually. Yeah. Pinata. Whatever. I, I, I thought it was a doll right away, but it, it turned out it was a pinata because that's what he says. Right. Like wax it and it explodes with candy, I guess. Yes. Before. It's like it just looks so lifelike in the comic. Yeah, it does. It does look. It doesn't look, look like, like it's made out of paper mache or anything. It looks like it's like yeah. <laughs> actually him. Before we really dive into this, you do want to give credit to the writer and artist. Mm-hmm. Michael Gallagher is the writer and Dave Manick. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Is the artist. So. Oh, do you want to mention why we're doing the comics? Yeah, I suppose I should. Might as well do that before we get dive too too deep into it. But uh, I did used to do a show called Justice Assembled where I reviewed uh, old comic books. Um, I did that by myself. It wasn't really fun. 
Just because you're talking to yourself. Yeah, it's just me talking about it and stuff. And it was kind of tough. I like the back and forth like this, uh-huh. you know, get somebody else's opinion and stuff. I kind of, and more so, I just kind of want to see your reaction to these stories and stuff. Uh-huh. You read them once before? I've read New Teen Titans and Spider-Man, the other books we're going to be talking about. I haven't read all of it. I mean, I like, uh, I haven't read every single Teen Titans issue or Spider-Man. I've read a good chunk. Uh, Sonic, I used to have uh, these digest versions of these, but that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, you, I don't remember as much. No. Um, but yeah, this side, you know, it's combined the two shows right. together. Uh, we are still doing new show, news uh, bits. But, you know, the news comes as it does. Yeah, it just comes and goes. I mean, you know, we might do a whole, if it's really big news, we might just do a whole news episode. Right. We might just, yeah, hold off on doing that. Smallville or the Concord, depending on how much. Yeah, it just depends. Like, SDCC is coming out or, or the end of this month. So, yeah, so that's just the fast version why we're doing these. Yeah, yeah. So back to the comic, you know, Robotnik destroying Pinata of Sonic. Yeah. And it's kind of being nuts. The thing that I, yeah, like, the, that's always been the thing Robotnik destroying, you know, to destroy Sonic, but that's more of a physical sense of how he wants to destroy him, I guess. Beat the crap out of him with a stick. <laughs> yeah, he ta- you know, Robotnik talks about, you know, how he's, like, so superior that he has, runs this robot army and stuff. <laughs> Which, I, the art style with Botnik in this reminds me of how he looked in Mean Bean Machine. That kind of like Puyo, Puyo, like kind of a puzzle game mm-hmm. on the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. That, I think you only see that kind of art style with him in these comics. Mm-hmm. And then like in the TV show. Yeah, he looks like, like in the game, he looks nothing like that. No. Like most of the games, other than that. Yeah, one. like... The way Eggman looks is what he looks like, and it's kind of confu- the whole Robotnik Eggman debacle is kind of really confusing. Yeah, they always call him Eggman in like Sonic One, Two, Three, and then once they went to Sonic Adventure, I think they kind of started calling him Eggman. Yeah, I think he started as Eggman, and then he went to Robotnik, then he went back to Eggman. Which Robotnik is a better name. Well, yeah, yeah, I prefer Robotnik. Eggman, Eggman is just like, oh, he's shaped like an egg. Yeah, but the like, Eggman. Uh, it's like okay. '90s cartoon. He's called Robotnik, and mm-hmm. this is where that the, the design for this is in that show. Yeah. So. Which kind of makes him look like he's almost like part machine himself because yes, he has arm. like the metal arm, and then like when he's like sure later in the comic, his ear things like fly out yeah, like on springs. Of, yeah, he does have robot. So it's like, is he a robot? I'm like. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe later. he's a robot made by the real Robotnik. <laughs> yeah, I know there's some weird convoluted thing they made in the comic book to do the switch between Robotnik and Eggman. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I was just saying, like in terms of that, that I was like, oh, that's not the other head. Yeah. So Robotnik destroys the Pinata. He's like, oh, how am I gonna destroy Sonic? And then one of his minions, SWATBOT comes in with this plant now which apparently is just one of the things on his pet peeve list plants <laughs> yeah dude, he hates plants he hates why well, i actually have the thing here he says no singing laughing reading cute animals dancing and most of all no plants like i can see that things all being related to sonic and them but the plant thing seems kind of 
thoughts. <laughs> Tangent. Do you, do, do you hate plants? <laughs> Which seems like a scientist would not hate plants because it's kind of part of science. <laughs> uh, uh, so apparently, uh, I like how Robotnik in this shoot just keeps saying gazooks. Gazooks. Also, the whole comic, all of his robot people are making fun of him being like fat or yeah, round they keep calling them like fat all names, these different too. names like your oval tea and your your, your roundness i think yeah uh, well, that's one yeah your blubberness <laughs> yeah <laughs> just and they get to get away with it so only that they bring in a plant that they get beat into the ground and scrapped apparently <laughs> yeah so this plant attacks anything you know and any li oh, even robots it attacks I guess it so attacks any living thing like robots I think moves apparently yeah and it has like some sentience because it, it talks and everything too yeah so robot robotnik's um, minions tell them that they can put the plant the seeds for the plant all over the forest but yeah the minion really does all the thinking and robotnik just takes credit for the idea <laughs> yes <laughs> So he's like, yeah, I can finally defeat Sonic with this plant. And then he goes and plants it in the forest, I guess, where they where Sonic lives. Yeah, the, the the great forest. So then we get then we transfer to Sonic and his team. We actually get to meet everybody. Now I have a question. Did you know like any of these other characters are Sally? I kind of knew about this princess. I guess I'm not sure what she's princess of, but she's like the princess of Mobius. Which it seems like almost like. Rebels or something, like because mm -hmm. it's like they're like this, they're freedom fighters. Yep. So it's like they're trying to like liberate the whole yep. world. They're trying to it's get Mobius like free from Robotnik's control. That's the whole purpose of freedom fighters. Which I'm not sure if that has anything to do with any of the games story, or if it's just like a TV show thing they made up. I think that was mainly in the cartoon. Because they almost seem yeah, like we don't see them in Sonic One, Two, or they almost seems similar to Sonic CD's kind of story. Yeah. Of like Robotnik taking over. A planet and then Sonic. That's like majorly what like the Sonic Copy. continuity is. Is Robotnik has like gotten control of Morbius and made like everybody like robots and stuff. And then you have like this small group of freedom fighters. It's kind of like Star Wars with Empire and I thought Rebels. Too. Yeah, got so, a little parallel there. Yeah, we get introduced to Sonic, uh, Princess Sally, and um, Antoine. Antoine de Coulette. This is a weird name. I thought it was be a pun at first. I couldn't figure out if it was his name was a pun. Uh, not. I think so. I think it's just a name, but you know, you kind of find out that like Anton Camara has a crush on Sally. So which is kind of we don't know how old he is. They only seem like he's old, way older, but maybe <laughs> kind of look older than Sally. <laughs> <laughs> like um, it almost seems like if Alfred like fell in love with Batman, like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> okay. Not in a literal sense, but that's just that the age difference is good. That's kind of what I, what I thought of. I thought you were gonna go like Alfred and Batgirl. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's weird in more than one way but but because in some things he's his niece and like in the movies at one the point one movie no one movie that that, 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 that that would be even weirder so <laughs> but uh so yeah anton gets jealous of sonic and sally talking and they're which only, didn't take much i guess <laughs> no and they're only talking about like putting like a fence up or something, yeah. and I hear like sure. And then he gets all jealous, but then he decides, oh, I'll present her with you know, yeah, he, a bouquet of flowers. She tries to ask him about something, and he doesn't even like listen. Yeah, <laughs> she wants to ask his opinion on the fence that they're gonna build, he, but then he just—he's leaves. too busy thinking about how he's not being paid attention to, to not pay attention to, to not even be 
have attention paid to him. So he like defeats it, what he's talking about in, in the process. So Anton goes to get flowers, but he's attacked by the plant. And Sonic and Sally hear his cries, and they race up up top. It must, must be pretty loud to hear him through the ground like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they see Anton, like, engulfed by the plants, and Sonic races to the rescue. He does a Sonic spoon and frees uh, Anton. Oh, it's enough that they can carry him, I guess. Yeah, carry him down, back down to not hold their base. And then we uh, uh, meet Boomer. The walrus. Yeah, Boomer the walrus. He's kind of he's the um, mechanics person of the Freedom Fighters. At least in some way. I'm not sure what Tails does at this point. Yeah, Tails doesn't have like the inventor thing yet. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like this, this, uh, the brat of the group. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, what, six? <laughs> yeah, he's probably like... He's a, it's like he's six or eight or something. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, he's yeah. the baby of the group, he pretty is. much. Yeah. And he's brown instead of yellow. <laughs> yeah. Because you would tell it's yellow when he's brown in this comic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Sonic and Sally ask Boomer for help, and, you know, Boomer gets out his chainsaw and Anton Makes it something he's going to cut him in half or something. Yeah, but then he cuts the table. He's like, oh, I've been meaning to do that forever. And like, oh. Sonic breaks the fourth wall, like he always like, 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 likes to do, and says, you know, you thought yeah, dude, like, this comic is, like, super meta. And Sonic is the always breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, he, he, he looks at the the camera as oh, I yeah. do quotation marks that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he mentions a Sega Genesis. Yeah, um, for and, sure when he goes to where Bonic is because he's in like the Casino Night Zone, which is in Sonic Two. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you you know, pop the game and then play, you know, you know. The level in Sonic 2, or just turn the page. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thanks for the advertising. <laughs> so, but Boomer gets the plant off uh, Anton. And just by th- ripping it off, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and they throw in a plant or in a pot thing. Double the flowers. Tails waters it for some reason. <laughs> because he thinks that's a good idea. Oh, he thinks, it, well, he thinks it's a flower, so. It just seems weird. He's a kid. Uh, I'm gonna go water this thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a kid. Let's give Tails a break. He's a Which kid. somehow, you know, ends up having to figure out that the plant is weak to water. Yeah, well, because it's a robot. Yeah, which makes sense. It's but, mechanical. Yeah, they we all thought it was mechanical until that point. You know, yeah, I think, I think that if that. you were touching it with your hands, that you would you know, realize it was made out with metal. But, so, uh, yeah, they mean? find out that water is the weakness, and then Robotnik sends his buzz bombers to uh, attack the Freedom Fighters, and then he scares himself because he's so evil. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that his ears are springs or whatever. Um, and then, uh, and, like, sounds like go stop him or whatever. But, yeah, but then Sally's like, no, there's a thunderstorm, we'll just use Mother Nature to... Get rid of yeah, just just not plants. just not do anything and, and somehow still come out <laughs> on top. Yeah. So win because so, Eggman yeah. just oh, Eggman. Robotnik just defeats himself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's essentially end, that's pretty much the end of the first story. Yeah. And then we get another story, which goes into what I said about the Casino Night Zone thing, where apparently Robotnik's doing a speech there or something. Is that the next story? Yeah. The 
to Boomer, Sally, and Antoine and Tails are looking at a map for... Look at the map again. Uh, Pinboy, oh, where Robotnik is going to hold a speech. And they can't fold a map, apparently. Which matters not at all. <laughs> no, I think they just wanted to annoy Sonic. <laughs> yeah, it seems like. So, they didn't call him to tell him to, to go. They, they said they called him to fold the map back up. Yeah. But then Boomer says, oh, we're trying to find where he's going to have this speech. And then they would find out it's going to be at the Casino Night Zone. Mm -hmm. And then Sonic goes to check it out. And then uh, Sonic gets trapped by Robotnik. I mean, he goes like into like his speech, like he's just like a person in the audience, and then Robotnik spots him immediately because Sonic's stupid and didn't try to disguise himself at all. <laughs> yeah. So Robotnik attacks Sonic with this new invention of his. Which means you see in Sonic Two, if you're playing, it's a, like a, a ball that has orbiting spikes around it yeah. and shoots at you, or whatever. So. I think I mean, it's always, it's always what's annoying in the game. You should try to jump on him and then you know stomp them out or whatever but you have to like time it just right so you don't land on the spikes because mm -hmm. it's spinning around it so robotnik puts sonic in a glass ball and it's essentially a pinball machine which is kind of like a, a shot towards like sonic spin ball which mm -hmm. is like the pinball game in a way yes yeah, so, and sonic gets thrown around in the pinball and then i won't survive another one of those yeah, and then it, he uses the spikes um, on his back to kind of cut the glass and then apparently they're really sharp you know not, not, not really sure about that when you're playing because it's like you just you just, you just jump on things and spin through things and you're really sure that he has spiky spines on him yes well, you can see in the design those spines oh yeah but they're sharp he never uses it in the game really no Oh, like when you see the only thing you really see that with that with is, is Metal Sonic, because Metal Sonic he, his spines like vibrate and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that oh that that's sharp. But the Sonic's like it's just like a it's like hair. Uh, <laughs> it just looks like a, like a spine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Sonic you is this is Sonic spin yeah the glass ball and the pinball. Yeah, he, because I think it's because like he makes a hole with the spine and then like the plunger of the pinball machine like hits it. And kind of like smashes it open. Yeah. And then he spins out, I think, after that breaks open. Yeah, and then he pulls up the casino and Robotnik goes flying. He's like, oh, get you. And apparently, Sonic is, is a, you know, bomb. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, He's like a demolition missile. <laughs> yeah. He had bombs the whole time somewhere. <laughs> so either he planted that before he got captured or he did it like immediately after. He got out. Uh, just what ease? <laughs> no one stopped him. <laughs> so and that's pretty much the end of the second story. Uh, we get a small third one where they freedom fighters have an awards ceremony, the Acorn Awards, but then all the awards just go to Sonic. Sonic's an asshole. Do you know what they Finish what they're saying. Sonic's a kind of a dick in this issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in general. Yeah. Like he's always making fun of Antoine for not even doing anything. <laughs> And he just hates Antoine? Yes. I probably hate Antoine. I actually kind of like Antoine. Like, he made the save him and at the beginning. He's like, you know, like, oh, uh, always try to help a friend in need. Well, there's no friends around. I guess I'll help you. <laughs> You're not a friend, Antoine. It's like, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. 
And then we get, so basically at the end of the issue, we just kind of get little short, little one-page stories, mm-hmm. like the Acorn Awards, and then we get one where, like, Sonic tests his speed, but he hits his head on a tree branch. Well, he's saying, like, he's almost, like, answering, like, a fan letter or something. Yeah, it's like a fan letter. He's it's like, like, oh, what, like, how fast do you need to go for your legs to get all blurry? Yeah. Which then, happens in the game a lot. And then, while he's doing that, he hits his head and gets knocked out. So I wasn't really sure that was happening. He just got dizzy. It's like, what, what happened? <laughs> And then, oh, you can really tell where that is. Like, there's like a branch that's kind of broken. That's the only way you can tell that he hit a pit of branch. Yeah. And then the last little one-page story is Sonic making his chili dogs. Yeah, his signature chili dogs, I guess, which was, came from more the the show than anything, I think. Yeah, I think it's chili dogs too. Uh, love of chili dogs. Yeah, and then Sally throws a pie in his face because it had to be funny, I guess, for some reason. Yes. Because you wouldn't know, want to comment about him making food, I guess. Doing recipes, I guess. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty much it for the issue. Yeah, number one. Did you enjoy the issue? Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah, interesting look at Sonic from, you know, not from a game perspective. Because it's different. Yeah, you're used to the games and... Sonic usually doesn't talk a whole lot in the games. No, he does you know, 3D ones more so, but even so... He didn't talk the way he does in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's very <laughs> talkative here. Talkative and breaking the fourth wall and making him just a jerk <laughs> to a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, Sonic's a little bit of a dick in this issue. I enjoyed it. I, you know, if I had it rated, probably four out of five, maybe. So there you go. Broke the sound barrier. So, we'll just move right into the new Teen Titans, issue one. I actually have my trade paper back. So, that pretty much starts on Dick Grayson, if I remember right. Him having a nightmare. Yep. Uh, the new Teen Titans is written by Mark Wolfman and George Perez, uh, writer, co-creators, and pencilers. So, published yeah. by DC Comics. Oh, yeah, DC Comics. <laughs> it's 50 cents at the time. Yeah, it seems pretty cheap now. <laughs> I wish they were that cheap. Right. So we open with. Uh, Actually, no. It starts, it starts with uh, Starfire. Starfire, yeah. But we don't know that Starfire yet. Yeah, because I don't think it's the names about the whole issue. Well, it's, it says Coriander, but she goes by Starfire as her superhero name. Yeah. So we see Starfire that's on uh, an alien ship, and she's trying to escape. She manages to by an uh, escape pod or ship or whatever. And she's flying away as, uh, what the hell are their names? Some green alien race. I'm trying to remember what the hell their names are. Anyway, some alien race. I can't remember their names. (laughs) And so she's dodging, weaving back and forth between the photon blasts and stuff. And she's blasting back. Yes. Like when she's leaving the first right? Well, she doesn't fire back. She's just weaving, and then they destroy a moon just to try and get her. I mean, when she's flying, yeah, but when she's leaving to get in the ship. Well, like, yeah, she uses her powers to kill a bunch of aliens. I guess. So and then she goes into a, what the hell they call, slip space or whatever. Yeah, she like, yeah, little hyperspace or something. Yeah, there was she, hyperspace. She, she jumps yeah. through space. 
That gets to go to Earth. No, they never, never really see it. Yeah. I guess that's where she goes. So, and then this issue is broken up into chapters, and then chapter one, called Birth of the Titans, uh, we see Dick Grayson having a nightmare. Which I'm guessing before this, there it was like there was actors of the previous Titans, so you don't get as much of that reading this. Yeah, I, I forgot that there was like kind of a preview in another comic about this series, so I forgot to tell Conkey to read it. Yeah. So they do reference that, but you can read this issue and kind of just get the gist. Yeah. But Dick, Dick is having a nightmare about this new Teen Titans team and fighting this monster, and then he wakes up and then he's visited by Raven, who tells him she, that... She's a bit of a... She's very mysterious. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of forcing a bunch of this on them. Yes. And they're, they're okay with it in some way. Yes. Yeah, you but, you know, Dick calls her a witch, which is kind of funny. What do you got one of the powers like that, I guess? Yeah, so she tells him that, uh, tells him that a new team fight is needed, that he needs to assemble a new team. He calls Wally West to get Flash, but he's like, no, man, I quit the hero biz. And, uh, yeah, he's in college, and we find out that Dick Grayson uh, dropped out of college. And him and Bruce Wayne are not happy with each other because of that so Dick gets dressed up in his Robin costume that I hate <laughs> because I'm so used to the animated one that looks like it, it has the pants leg yeah and this that, one that does this one has the leotard yeah. thing I don't like it so he goes on his Robin cycle and he uh, goes look around for Donna Troy he finds her and Donna Troy is Wonder Girl Mm -hmm. You see that uh, apartment building that was burnt down. This was her old place, and we kind of get a little bit of her backstory. Yeah, is this when they changed it, or is this like the original origin story? Did this they, is the original. I know they they change it at least once. Yeah, they do that down the road. That's way down the road. At this point, she did. She was a. She doesn't know who she was. Wonder Woman saved her from an apartment fire, and she brought Donna to Paradise Island. She. Be got trained to become an Amazon and she became Wonder Girl. Right. So Robin sneaks up at her and tells her that we need a new Teen Titans team. That's where we get introduced to Beast Boy. Because he's just there. Yes, he's just Which, didn't Wonder Girl know who she he was already? Yeah, she called him Beast Boy. So why is she like, oh who's this green animal, like pig or whatever the dog? Why wait, this is your green dog? She says to Robin. He's like, don't you know well, he jumps oh, yeah. up into Donna's arms, and she then figures out that it's Beast Boy. But like, he... when you know it already? Yes. Because it's a green dog, like, and <laughs> you know who Beast Boy is. Yes. So, Which I guess he didn't like being called Beast Boy, because he immediately says, I'm Changeling. Yeah, that's his name. name. They wanted to call him a Changeling, and then they switch it back to Beast Boy, like, years earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's, he says that it's a better name than Beast Boy, but honestly, it's like the other way around, I guess. Yeah, so Robin, Beast Boy, and Wonder Girl talk about how they need a new Teen Titans, talk about Raven. I thought Raven showed up again after that, too. No, Wally shows up and says, hey, I'm all in. Because Raven went there and forced him to be all in, I guess, or something. Yeah, so they go racing off to meet with Raven, and then we get to introduce to Cyborg, Rector Stone. Yeah, Raven goes and talks to him, I guess. Yeah, we find out Rick. 
Victor is all upset because, you know, he used to be human, but now he's half robot and can't play sports, and that's, like, all he cares about, and he's upset about his, with his dad because his dad turned him into Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he has a talk with Raven about how he's needed. and Which he, he takes immediately and he's like, okay. Yeah, he just agrees to be on the team, you know, be on a team with freaks. Yeah, which none of them like him saying, but... Beast Boy calls him a Star Wars reject, which is kind of funny. Right. Oh, did you see that that strike between them right away? I mean, all of them. I remember the Cyborg Beast Boy them being like the best pals. Yeah, from the cartoon. So the fact that they were like not is kind of interesting mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, Cyborg's a dick. Just warning you that not. His, his name shouldn't be Vic, it should be Dick. And, and obviously, true. Oh, you already have a dick with Dick Racing, so I can't yeah. be that. Dicker. Yes. So yeah, Cyborg tells the team that he's going. He wants to join, but <laughs> he tells Beast Boy to shut up, essentially. Yeah. And then Raven tells him that the last member is arriving on Earth, and Beast Boy to <laughs> says, "I hope she's stacked." Yeah, before has a lot of that. Uh, nice little uh, good quips and stuff he says. Yeah, nice little in the window joke there. Yeah. Which I guess he's not wrong. She kind of is. <laughs> Compared to everyone else, I guess. So anyway, you know, the team goes in to the uh, United Nations Plaza where the alien race is attacking. You know, the team interferes. There, the battle happens. It goes a little broken up. You know, you don't really see how it got to that point. It just kind of is. Yeah, they're evading and the team stops them. You know, they bound them head on and they win it goes by fairly fast mm-hmm. and Raven uses her astral self but she can only sustain that form for like five minutes while she goes crazy or well gets evil yeah they, they they talk about that I idea. understand it has to do with their you know demon powers or whatever yeah but yeah you know elaborate on it yet yeah we haven't touched on her past yet that's as we go on here. Right. Uh, yeah, Raven just basically tells her and tells the team that she sent to Starfire that they have to save her. But they, they say all the time, like, oh, she leaves when the fighting starts and stuff. And yeah, that she doesn't fight with the team. Yeah, Raven. Which I guess then somebody says, like, oh, that's just what she, you know, that's what she's supposed to do. That's her part that she has to do. Mm-hmm. The Wonder Girl, somebody says that. Yeah. About that, that she's not fighting because she has something else she has to do. Mm-hmm. Which is somewhat true, but still. Maybe she start finding an apartment building where she landed, or landed by, apparently. Yeah, it's kind of not sure, like, what happened? Did she crash? What happened? Yeah, you see this guy and girl, you know, this you know, ex-boyfriend girlfriend arguing, you know, like, why did the guy... Starfire, you know, is this your new girlfriend? You cheated on me. A lover spat, pretty much. Yeah. And the alien race, uh, you know, attacks the apartment building and the team interferes and the battle ensues. And the aliens recapture Starfire. The cyborg Beast Boy and Kid Flash are almost sucked into a portal into space. Yeah. 
Wonder Girl saves them using her lasso. Yes, her wonderful lasso. And then the guy whose apartment building it was gets all upset. And he's like, yeah, man, you better pay for this damage. I was like, yep, because I get money. Yeah, Robin tells him he'll be compensated. We learned that this is his name is Grant Wilson. If you're familiar with comics, you kind of know who that is. Um, and then I guess the girlfriend also kind of says to him, like, oh, it is your fault for bringing that girl here, so... Yeah, I don't know if you just get paid for it or not. Yeah, the girl gets blames Grant and he gets all pissed off. Yeah. And so Alien Race is like, oh, we finally captured Princess Coriander, and you know, and the head alien general gets all pissed off against uh, his workers and stuff, and like, oh, he's got threatened to kill them all. And the team aborts the spaceship and, you know, saves Starfire pretty much. Which, do they just, like, teleport up there, or how do they get up in space? I was, like, in the sky, and they probably just, like, flew up there. If I wasn't up in space, probably, like, in the atmosphere, though. Yeah. So they save Starfire, you know, they blow up the ship, and they leave. And Raven tells them that, you know, this was just the first test. There's even more braver threat coming. Which, the whole thing was, like, uh foreshadow into the future, I mm-hmm. guess, because she all knew what was going to happen, she had the gathering, I guess. Yeah, we don't get back to that for, like, five issues. Right. So, and then, you know, it tells them that, you know, this team needs to be ready, that the world is coming to need the Teen Titans, pretty because much. Because the only, only they can do it, because they're, like, the best, or something like that, that's what it says. They're the best around. They're the best team for what they need to do, or something like that. Yeah, and then we see Grant, he's like, just like right behind the team, he's like, oh, they're going to pay for what they did, and then somebody says, you know, the hive will make your wishes become a reality. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody. That's pretty much the issue. There you go. It was, you know, for sure a very older comic. Well, yeah, this is in the 80s. Yeah, um... The way it introduces characters is just kind of weird. It just jumps you right into it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, using Raven as kind of like a plot point to gather them all together, I guess. Mm-hmm. She's a big focal point. She's the reason why this team is together. Did you like the issue, Donkey? Yeah, it was good. It was just kind of weird not having read a Teen Titans comic book. Mm-hmm. Or, or Titans, I guess. It's kind of what that is, right? I said New Teen Titans. Isn't it? Yeah, it's New Teen Titans, but they're called the Teen Titans. Right. Because there was an old series that had Robin, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, Aqualad, and Speedy. No, is that it's called Titans? Like, that's no, it's called Teen Titans. At some point, they, they become just Titans. Yeah, they do just, They do have a series called Titans. Right. Down the road, like, the, the name changes. Back to Teen Titans. Yeah. So, now back to the third and final book, Amazing Fantasy 15, the one that started it all for Spider-Man. Yeah, Origin of Spider-Man. Yes. I guess they decided to put him in their Amazing Fantasy line because they weren't sure about what he was going to be like. Originally. Yeah, they use that. Like people won't won't like a teenager. Teenagers can't be hero, and they don't like having real problems and. 
Stuff like that. Uh, people love to like spiders, mm-hmm. which I guess all those things were not true. <laughs> they will like Spider-Man for all those reasons. Very true. So this was written by Stan Lee and Steve Dicko. And we open up with uh, Peter Parker in the outs with uh, his other students. Of they don't like him because he's a geek. Yeah, they don't like him because he's a geek. He, Flash Thompson and Liz, uh, Alan and all of them are all mean to Peter. And then, you know, we can introduce to Aunt May and Uncle Ben. We just think the world of Peter. I thought it was a little weird that Aunt May kept calling him Petey. Petey? Yeah. That, oh, uh, That's what Ant-Man calls him, like, this whole issue, it was Petey. It was just Mary Jane, because you call him Petey, or is that just yeah, Pete? Just, yeah, they call him all sorts of nicknames, but usually she just calls him Peter. Yeah. And, you know, Ant-Man makes him wheat cakes, which kind of becomes an ongoing joke throughout the comics. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, yeah, we get to do this Ant-Man, Uncle Ben, and then we get, you know, like, the caption says that, you know, and May thinks the sun rises and sets on them. And then, you know, the teachers really like Peter because he's a good student, but he doesn't have, like, any luck with the ladies, you know. They or any of his peers that don't like him. Yeah, they all prefer uh, Flash. And, uh, you know, Peter asks a group of kids if they want to go to the science hall for a, um, a demonstration. No, you nerd, bookworm. <laughs> yeah. They're generic. Cool. Insult. Yeah, you know, they say like you stick to science, some will take the chicks. So they drive off, and Peter is all upset. I will get my revenge. <laughs> so someday they'll be sorry they never laughed at me. He says. Right, we sound like he's threatening to do something. <laughs> to yes. So he goes to the science experiment, and we see a spider get raided by radioactive. And they have no protection or anything whatsoever. No. They're just like, oh, this is an experiment, not have any, you know, protection or anything like that. No, no protection. Not, su- not, not surprising that something actually happened. So the spider gets raided by radioactivity. He bites Peter. Which is like way in the back. Yes, he's way in the back. He decides to go out to Peter or something. <laughs> and then, like, the teachers make fun of him. He's like, oh, he has a weak stomach and stuff. I'm like, is it ruined much? It's like. So Peter starts feeling ill, he starts to walk home, and then, you know, the car like, almost hits him, but he jumps on the way. Um, and they laugh, like, oh, he's not going to daydream walk across the street again. Yeah. Laughing as I've almost killed somebody. <laughs> I almost ran him over. Yes, and Peter sticks to the wall, and he climbs up the wall. Now, I found this a little weird. Like, we see a mother and son walking, and the kid sees Peter scaling the wall, and the mom's like, oh, this is the last horror movie I'm taking you to, young man. I mean, yeah. Why are you taking your kid to a horror movie when he's that young? I mean, I mean, I think he already already saw one. Is what she means? Yeah, she says that's the last horror movie I take you to, young man. I'm like, why are you taking your kid that young to a horror movie? Let's be real here. But it's, yeah, she doesn't even look. She's so jaded. Doesn't even believe it at <laughs> she all. She doesn't give a shit. Just, just stay quiet and enjoy the movie. <laughs> so Peter scales up all the way to the top of the building. He crushes a pipe. He's like, oh, you know, I have the powers of a spider and all that. And he goes, he presumably walks home, but then he sees a wrestling show going on. And then they can win a hundred bucks if he can stay in the ring with three minutes with Crusher Hogan. Just like, uh, he just immediately decides 
to do that, I guess. And it makes a makeshift little costume and stuff with the old clothes and the mask. And the, Which, in this version of the comic, is it red or is it white? It's white. White shirt and blue pants. Because in when I was reading on online, it was, oh, it, that's it, it's, it. it's red. Yeah, the version you had that was recolored. But I think red is probably a better look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to give it that Spider-Man look. Yeah, so he goes into the ring with Crusher Hogan and he just basically lifts him up and scales the pole and Crusher's like, put me down. I wish I guess in the movie went with this kind of scene. He just, yeah, well, he just, just, just dodged him until yeah. he like knocked himself out, I think is what it was. Yeah, I think so. Funny, he just makes him scared enough to surrender, I guess. Yeah, but like a TV producer's in the audience and he sees Peter and he's like, oh, I gotta get him for an act. And he talks to Peter, he's like, I can make you famous. And then Peter goes home and makes a Spider-Man costume. And, like, Aunt May and Uncle Ben come in the room and give him crackers of milk. <laughs> and so, and then we see Peter make the costume, make the web shooters. Which seems like he's talking loud enough for them to hear uh, him to, 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 to all this stuff. And yeah. he's, he's making the costume pretty much, like, right where they can see it. <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> They're old. They have bad eyesight and hearing. Okay. <laughs> That's that was just you know the way they had to draw it you know the, for ease it just made it look like that, but it probably didn't happen the way that it looks. So yeah, we see him make the costume by choose that he's gonna call himself Spider Man because it's as good as name as any. Yes, and then <laughs> part two of the issue, we see him on TV. He's you know showing the world what he can do. He's sticking to walls, blowing up, you know, snuffing out candles with his web. Mm -hmm. And the TV producer's like, hey, that's enough, Spider-Man. Don't show him too much. We want him leaving for more. Which is it's kind of interesting for Spider-Man to be doing this, like showing off and stuff. He's not really much of a, that, you know, later. Yeah, yeah. This point, you, just, you know, I'm just sick of being a nerd. I want people to know who I yeah, am. Yeah, to recognize yeah. me and stuff. No. Uh, so, like, so. yeah. Spider-Man leaves for the night, and then, uh, you know, a cop is chasing a burglar, and the cop asks Spider-Man to help, but Spider-Man doesn't do anything. He lets the guy escape, and the cop kind of yells at him, like, hey, all you had to do was trip him or hold him for a minute, and he's like, sorry, pal, that's your job. I'm through being pushed around. I'm only looking out for myself. <laughs> Which, if he didn't want to be pushed around, he probably would have stopped him, because, you know, he wouldn't. He would want to show that what he could do, but mm -hmm. he just doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, it's a pretty funny panel of Spider-Man just giving the cop the hand and walking away. Right. And, uh, and then we see Aunt May and Uncle Ben back in Peter's room. They bought him a microscope that Peter wanted. How they paid for it, I don't know. But they all... Right. And then Peter's like, oh, this is the greatest family a fellow ever had. Yeah, foreshadowing with that, you know, the whole, like... The only they matter thing and, mm -hmm. and then, he, he didn't care about anyone else he said that's what the world can hang <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. Like, what a, what, what a great hero shit about anybody else except for Ant-Man and Uncle Ben and then we move on that you know over the next couple of weeks you know he's becoming a sensation throughout the world and then one night while he's coming back home a police car is in front of his house and we learn that Uncle Ben was shot which is weird, like, why did they go to, to his house to shoot and shoot him? Must have, like, tried to either rob the, them at the house or... Yeah, you learn that, like, way, I think, like, issue, like, 200, I think, or something like, like that. Like, why they were there in the first place? Yeah, 
it's way, 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 way down the line. Mm. At this point, it's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Peter's all upset, you know, who shot him? It was a burglar. And yeah, he just tells him exactly where he is, yeah, where, to, uh, <laughs> where to find him. me warehouse, and Peter goes and changes his experiment, and he goes to the warehouse. Yeah, apparently the the guy the guy went to find a Wiley Cook Coyote's technology at the Acme Warehouse. Yes. So Spider-Man swings over there and confronts the burglar. They have a little scuffle. And then Spider-Man realizes that it's the burglar that he let loose earlier. In the he story. has these weird-looking pupils in his mask. He has eyes on his mask, which is really weird. I do not like it. At least in that one panel, anyway. Yeah, this isn't just in this panel. Otherwise, it's never there. <laughs> it's like he's so shocked that his eyes came through his mask. <laughs> so, and he whips up the burglar and the cops. Yeah, which which he doesn't kill him like he does in the movies. I think he just, like... He doesn't kill him in the movies. In the movie, he, like, falls or something. He doesn't save him. He, he lands in the street. Yeah, I think he lands in a cop car. Are you talking about the first Spider-Man movie? Yeah. I think he dies. I don't know. It's been years since I've seen that. I don't think so, but I don't remember. Yeah, definitely just buzzes up and leaves him for him. Yeah, so he webs up the burglar. Cops find him, and then Peter blames himself for what happened to Uncle Ben. And then we get the great power comes great responsibility, which Uncle Ben actually never says. Yeah, he doesn't say it in the comic. No. It just They just give him that line. I think he says it later down the road, but like at the very beginning. Yeah, so he almost like my kind did. So he's like, oh, Legend is born, and new name is added to the roster of the Marvel world. And you have like that walking away like uh, scene, which yeah. they use later for uh, other comic comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when he gives up being Spider Man, it's that same kind of walk away thing. Mm-hmm. Very like Incredible Hulk uh, TV show esque. <laughs> I guess, in a way. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's very short, it's only. 11 pages yeah I'll say. that's pretty short for you uh, it's the fastest read read that I had so did you enjoy Amazing Fantasy 15 for the first time reading it yeah uh, it holds up pretty well even though it's from the 60s oh yeah we can definitely tell it's from it's time <laughs> yeah the words they use and stuff mm-hmm. golly and stuff like that yeah but uh, it's, I, I've always enjoyed Spider-Man's like my favorite comic book character yeah I say it I like Spider-Man a lot so, even you know, in the like early days, it's still good. Mm-hmm. So, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it again. Right, and of course, the the, the cover of Main Phase of Number Fifteen is very iconic for Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah. jumping off the building with some random guy, I guess. Oh yeah, random bad guy. It would probably make more sense if it was that, like the burglar guy that did the one shot Uncle Ben, but I guess just some random guy. So, yeah, it's kind of an interesting cover, but it's still iconic. Very true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought the Spider-Man costume was interesting, too, with the webs and under his armpits. Oh, yeah, that's, that's there for a very long time. Yeah, they, don't, they kind of go away from that eventually, but... They do, they bring it back, depending on the artist. That's an interesting thing with Spider-Man. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, for that. Uh that's pretty much it for the show, as I just said. Yeah, because that's what we had planned, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I hope you enjoyed our takes on Smallville and these issues. Um, we'll probably be doing this a lot more regularly. This is probably going to be the new format. Yeah, if we're doing like, uh, issues number two of each of these comics, right? 
Yes, issue two of Sonic, issue two of Teen Titans, and issue one of Spider-Man. Which is Spider-Man number one, right? Yep, amazing Spider-Man number one. So, which was a longer issue, back to normal page count. Right. So, yeah, that'll be uh, next episode. <laughs> Unless there's some news for you to have to cover. Oh, yeah, some news and stuff, so the episodes might get slightly longer. Who knows? It really depends. So that has been episode seven of the Scatter Oracles. I hope you enjoyed the show. Come back. The future. Yes, in the future. Uh, which I know all about because I I touched your hand, and now I know what's gonna happen. Yes. Are you blind too? I mirror. I mirror flash blinded me. And now I and now I can't see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Adios, people. Bye.